and my fellow Pennsylvanians. This state's electoral votes are key to who wins the presidency, and both of the candidates know it. We win Pennsylvania, we win the whole deal, you know that. Just like last night. But states like Pennsylvania are going to be incredibly important. The only thing left on the board is Pennsylvania. The president cannot get to the finish line without the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. One state all four candidates are visiting today is Pennsylvania. Its 20 electoral votes are highly coveted, and the Keystone State could end up being one of the determining factors in the race. Jill's a Philly girl, but I'm a Scranton girl. This week, President Biden's in Israel to celebrate the unbreakable bond between our two democracies. Less than 120 days, Pennsylvanians will go to the polls and quite possibly elect a Jewish governor, Joshua Shapiro. Jewish community in Pennsylvania dates back to the 18th century. Indeed, the second oldest synagogue in the United States is in Philadelphia, and to this day, Pennsylvanians worship there week in, week out. Pennsylvania also holds the awful, awful distinction of being the site of the deadliest anti-Semitic attack in American history, when 11 innocent Pennsylvania worshipers lost their life in Pittsburgh. While Josh wouldn't be the first Jewish governor in Pennsylvania history, faith has taken a center stage in this race. Both Josh and his opponent Doug Mastriano have spoken openly about their faith. Today, we're sitting down with the leadership of statewide grassroots organization, Democratic Jewish Outreach Pennsylvania, DJOP, Jill Zippin and Bert Siegel will provide us perspective on both how and why they're organizing for this historic election. Before we welcome them, Josh in his own words. The third thing I, I drew strength from and purpose from was my faith. And I'm not here to lecture you on your faith or the absence thereof, but I'm here to tell you why I'm involved in public service. I'm involved because scripture teaches us that no one is required to complete the task, but neither are we free to refrain from it. Jill Zibben and Bert Siegel, welcome to my kitchen table. Thank you for having us. Well, I'm excited for this discussion. This is the first of several uh, conversations we're going to be having about grassroots, uh, somewhat under the radar organizations that are doing incredible organizing in the trenches. So tell folks a little about the organization. And uh, why don't we start with ladies first, Jill, and then we'll go to you, Bert. And then uh, don't worry, we'll also get into your background. And But uh, we're, getting, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So Jill. Okay, great. I'm Jill Zippin. I am the chairwoman of Democratic Jewish Outreach Pennsylvania. So DJOP, as we like to call ourselves, was founded during the Obama primary in 2007. What happened was I was reading the Jewish Exponent and I saw a horrific ad by the RJC that showed Obama in a turban dancing on a burning an American flag. And I was just distraught by this ad. And it so happened that evening I was going to an Obama house party. If you remember back in the day, they did these Obama house parties. I got to the house party and before even introductions, I went over to a friend's father, a guy named David Broida. And I said, have you seen this? This is horrible. And David said to me, you don't like it, then you do something about it. And he said, we're going to run counter advertising. He said, I know people. I'm like, you do? He's like, I do. Um, and he reached out to Bert Siegel, who is on our call right now, Bill Epstein, and a few other people. And we produced a counter ad. At that point, we were called Obama Jewish Outreach. And we were not even a pack at that point. 
We actually um, worked with the Montgomery County Democratic Committee in order to pay for these ads. However, the way we fundraised then and the way we fundraise now is grassroots. If you were to look at our ads back then and look at our ads now, we have some verbiage as to why you should support Democrats. And then under it, anyone who contributes to the ad, their name is listed. So you see hundreds of names around the ad, and we still do the same thing to this day. And we feel it's important because it shows Jewish communal support for Democratic candidates. And we went from being Obama Jewish outreach, because we realized Obama could not be in office forever as much as we would like that, (laughs) to Democratic Jewish outreach. And we grew from there. We have a website, djop.org. We have a weekly newsletter that Bert writes a lot for, um, and he is vice chair of our organization. We do all kinds of Zoom events and also pre-COVID and now I wouldn't say post-COVID, but um, as things have gotten a little better, we've been doing some in-person events as well, both educational fundraisers for ourselves and fundraisers for candidates. Well, Jill, thanks so much. And for listeners' benefit, uh, RJC is the Republican Jewish Coalition, which is a national organization, but certainly has a Pennsylvania presence. So Vice Chairman Bert Siegel, uh, tell folks a little about your background and how you became vice chair. I was always a political junkie. As a matter of fact, uh, I, I know this sounds funny. I, I come uh, from Hudson County, New Jersey, which always had a reputation of being uh, largely democratic and a little bit unethical. And uh, one of the first things I did, and I tell, tell people this story, it was I clipped obituaries uh, in the local newspaper and looked at street lists to make sure that if Jewish if Democrats died, it was, it was in the Jewish Standard, which was the Jewish newspaper up there. I, I got a nickel for each name. Little did I know uh, that I would get 100% turnout from those people. So again, my first political experience was, was a little edgy. But again, I had been involved over the years. But I was the executive director of the Jewish Community Relations Council. So I had to be a circumspect uh, about my political involvement, although I did uh, run as a delegate uh, to the Democratic Convention. Uh, I think I was probably the only uh, uh, Jimmy Carter delegate elected from the Philadelphia area, but I, I was the American Jewish Committee Director in uh, Atlanta uh, when Carter was governor, and uh, that's how I wound up work- working on that campaign. I was raised by uh, in a family that took the Democratic Party very, very seriously. As a matter of fact, one of the first articles uh, I ever had published was called Democrats, Dodger fans, and Jews. And that was because of my family. We took all three of those uh, very, very seriously uh, as our identity. And I had worked on and off uh, when the Democratic Convention was in Atlantic City. I worked at the convention. And my father always told me uh, that the Democratic Party, uh, the agenda of the Democratic Party was better for people like us. People like us, we were, you know, middle class uh, family. I, my father was a college dropout during the uh, depression. I mean, we certainly were in an affluent family, and there really was a sense that the things, whether it was healthcare or or education, uh, certainly uh, we didn't really uh, uh, weren't very aware of environmental issues. Uh, but every time I would hear a Democratic candidate, uh, even as a young man made sense to me. I couldn't imagine, uh, frankly, while other Jews uh, were not Democrats. But, you know, as I became 
uh, more mature. I uh, became more seriously involved, as, as Jill pointed out, uh, when Obama was running, and I think it may have even been in the primaries, the nastiness about him uh, was racist, quite frankly. And I remember being at some kind of Jewish event. Uh, they were giving out literature uh, about Obama, claiming that he was a Muslim, claiming that he was anti-Semitic. And I got into a rather heated discussion with some people from the Republican Jewish Coalition, who I knew for a long time. And I said, come on, guys, you know better. Uh, you know, you're a Republican. I know you believe in the principles of the Republican Party, but you don't realize how racist you're sounding. You're anti-Muslim, anti-Black. And the conversation between me and people who I considered friends became ugly. And I was struck by the fact that that never really had happened that way before within the Jewish community. The Jewish community was becoming very, very much divided. And I think the Republican Party believed that a way to break into that 70-something percent, give or take some points, of Jews who vote for Democrats was to make the Democratic Party uh, look evil, anti-Semitic. I mean, we've seen more and more since. So I decided I was going to get involved. Uh, and uh, I, Bill Epstein and I both worked for the Jewish Community Relations Council. Uh, Bill Epstein said to me, hey, let's have lunch with David Broido. I didn't know who David was. And I don't think, Jill, you were at that lunch. I think we met you the next lunch. Yeah. Right, correct. And we, brought, and we brought in... Someone younger who yes. I knew from Ruth Damsker, someone who ran for state senate a couple times. Um, she's now a commissioner in Upper Gwinnett. And, and, she was, and she had been a Montgomery County commissioner. And someone named Brett Goldman, who I think you know, worked, you know, on her campaign. And I knew him. I thought it was important to have a, you know, he's in his 30s now, but back then he was in his 20s. And 30s is still young. But <laughs> I, we thought it was important to have someone with a younger voice as part of our group. And that was our initial group. Since that point, we've expanded. Now we just took on two new board members. We're at 16 board members and we're in Pittsburgh, Harrisburg, Lehigh County, Philadelphia, Bucks, Montgomery County. You know, we represent a lot of the Jewish democratic areas of Pennsylvania. So before we go any further, and I really appreciate this perspective, we've kind of alluded to it, but where, where is home for each of you? I live in Horsham, Pennsylvania, in Montgomery County, um, in one of the few actually Republican townships left in Montgomery County. And I, I live in Jenkintown now, although I had been very uh, active in Democratic politics in, in, the, in Cheltenham Township, uh, uh, but uh, I moved to Jenkintown about six years ago. But originally, actually, my claim to fame is that I went to school with Bonnie Frank in Bayonne, New Jersey. Okay. We could have a, I feel like there's a whole podcast about the legacy of uh, Congressman Frank, but we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for another host. So give listeners a sense, uh, and I know there's no accurate census of this, but when we look at the Pennsylvania Jewish community, and for that matter, electorate, those over 18, do we have numbers and generally where, where, uh, what counties, what regions are folks concentrated in? Um, in terms of the Jewish community, might, what you might expect, Jews are concentrated in Montgomery County, Bucks County, 
Philadelphia. There's a good number of Jews in Harrisburg and Lehigh County as well. It's very interesting that in Lehigh County, Susan Wilde's Jewish and the woman running against her, um, Lisa Scheller, is also Jewish. Um, Then you go out towards the Pittsburgh area where you have Allegheny County, and there is a very interesting primary race there between Steve Irwin and Summer Lee. And uh, full disclosure, Steve Irwin is on our board. Um, But that was a very interesting race, not really in a good way, because it ultimately ended up as a proxy war between APAC and J Street, it seems. But that's where the Jewish community the Jewish democratic community seems to be located. And it's what you would expect. I mean, in the and the n- n- number wise, is there any way of getting uh, a sense of the number of Jewish? De- I mean, the number of Jews- and it's certainly not as large as New York, Florida, California. Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's a, the total number of Jews, irrespective of party is I've heard anywhere from 375 to 400,000 approximately across the state. If you look at national polling, actually, we did an event on national polling um, within the last year, and national polling shows Jews anywhere between 70 and 80 percent registered Democratic. And there's no reason to think that in Pennsylvania, we're significantly different than we are nationwide. The only change in the profile is the growth of the Orthodox community. Most people who were Democrats, in spite of the attempts to break away a significant number of our population from the Democratic Party, you know, uh, the Democratic Party is not your father's Democratic Party, you know, Hubert Humphrey's dead, all that sort of thing. Most non-Orthodox Jews still consistently vote for Democratic candidates, uh, not only in the presidential races, uh, but in state legislature, you know, up and down the uh, up and down the ballot. Now, the Orthodox community, to some degree, uh, because there is a belief uh, on the part of that community that the Republican Party is more sympathetic to Israel, but also, you know, the uh, there are people in the Orthodox community who vibrate more to a conservative message about, for instance, gender identification issues. Uh, and abortion as well. Apparently, uh, some Orthodox rabbis uh, have written critically of you know, the constant uh, reminder that in Judaism, there are occasions in which a an abortion, you know, the health of the mother, the mental health of the mother, uh, et cetera, or an abortion is uh, not only prohibited, but advised. No one has to have an abortion if she doesn't want one. And the rabbi is not going to make her do that. And there are some Orthodox rabbis who have come out against that and who have pointed out, and there is, in fact, halaha uh, that would argue against uh, an abortion, uh, even if it's defined uh, by the mental health of the, of the mother. So again, the Orthodox community on social issues will be uh, more attuned to the Republican uh, pol- Republican policies than the rest of us. But otherwise, uh, Jews still are voting uh, many, many years ago. Milton Himmelfarb, uh, who's a sociologist, uh, uh, Milton Himmelfarb said that Jews earn like uh, Episcopalians but vote like Puerto Ricans. And uh, the Puerto Rican community is actually becoming more Republican, but we're not. We'll save a discussion about the Latino community in Pennsylvania for another <laughs> podcast. So we've had several uh, over the last year. Yeah, my, my understanding also is that the Orthodox community, which is indeed growing in Pennsylvania and elsewhere, 
uh, in the United States uh, cares deeply about school choice, even to the point that they have uh, an annual advocacy day in Harrisburg uh, around school choice. And my understanding is that uh, in Lower Marion Township, adjacent to Philadelphia, and in Northeast Philadelphia, and then in, in uh, Squirrel Hill, uh, Pittsburgh, there's there's vibrant, vibrant, I mean, community in every sense of the term. Yes, there are large Orthodox communities in those areas that you mentioned. But again, when you look at Jewish polling numbers, the largest group of Jews in the United States are the Reformed Jews, who consistently, overwhelmingly, if you look at the RAC, the Reform Action Center, vote Democratic. And Jews, when you look at the polling numbers, when we had the a pollster on from, I believe, the University of Miami, you know, he spoke at length that over the last 25 years, there's been very little change in how the Jewish community has voted. We are probably one of the most consistent voting blocks in the Democratic Party. Um, We consistently turn out at very high numbers and we consistently vote Democratic. So you you both have alluded to this in terms of uh, ad placement, specifically in community newspapers, and then virtual and online programming, or virtual and in-person programming. And then, you know, lo and behold, we have a Democratic nominee for governor who uh, is a member of the community. So we're less than 150 days out. So what type of, uh, give folks a a sneak peek, um, what what kind of programming, what kind of get out the vote operations is the uh, DJOP going to have? So we just did a fundraiser for Josh on May 22nd, where we raised a lot of money for him. And he will need that money because there will be a lot of dark money and outside money coming in against him. And we are co-host on an event, an interfaith event that will be happening on September 13th with Greg Marks and Reverend Kwan. Uh, We are joining in on that. So that will be a fundraiser on his behalf. In addition to those two fundraisers, we will be doing advertising campaigns in the Philadelphia Inquirer, in the Morning Call, in the Jewish Exponent, in Hakol, up in Lehigh County, in the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, in the Pittsburgh Jewish Chronicle, Uh, We will be doing it in the Center Daily. I cannot think of all the different newspapers, but we will be running ads. So you will see them in the hard copy newspaper. Usually we do them um, a couple weeks before Election Day, and we tend to do them on Sundays, but not always. And then we will be running ads in social media. So along your Facebook feed, along your Instagram feed, when you open up the Jewish Daily Forward, the what they call cookies that you see along the side will be, um, it will say support DJOP or vote Democratic. It will have our symbol. You click on it, it will take you to our ad campaign. The more money we raise, the more ads you know we can do on behalf of not only Josh Shapiro, but on behalf of Austin Davis, John Fetterman, all the Democratic candidates who are running for Congress, like Susan Wilde, like Matt Cartwright, who are really going to have tough races. So, you know, we ask that people go to our webpage and click the donate button, because the more money we have, to be perfectly honest, the more ads we can do to support these very worthy candidates. 
You know, you know, you know what's interesting because we we certainly hope that uh, Josh will win. He will be the second Governor Shapiro. Why? Anybody? Because Governor Shap was named Shapiro. But it's interesting. Josh is has some TV commercials that emphasize his Jewishness, his spending Friday night with his family, et cetera, et cetera. Milton Schaap, as far as I knew, was a committed Jew, but there was never any reference from the Schaap campaign about how he was informed by Jewish values. And certainly his, he, I don't know if it, if it was the governor's uh, family or he himself, the fact that he changed his name. And Josh, on the other hand, is is publicly Jewish as a candidate as I've ever seen, but that's Josh. I mean, he's not doing it for political reasons. I I've known Josh since he was a uh, a child. His family is very Jewishly committed, and that's who he is. But I just think it's interesting that at one time a Jewish candidate uh, was somebody, a Jewish governor, somebody who changed his name, and now we have a candidate uh, for governor who uh, TV and commercials is better. And it's interesting you bring that up. So he gave a speech around the issue of the Supreme Court ending abortion. And during the speech, he talked about, you know, that we are not required to complete the task. You know, we still have to, you know, that expression that I'm bungling, but, you know, we should not desist. To desist from it. Yeah, that we should not desist from it. And that's a very, this was spoken at a speech before, not a Jewish crowd, a very mixed crowd of people who are upset about the loss of abortion rights. And he we, he's able to weave in his Judaism in a way that resonates with Jews and non-Jews. And I think it's really important considering the fact that Mastriano is running on the fact that he's a Christian and his Christian faith, and he's not allowed, he, Josh Shapiro, is not allowing Mastriano to usurp this religious message. I think it's actually really uh, excellent that he's using the values that are really near and dear to his heart in a way that allow people to see who he is, but also to win elections. And, and, and what's so disturbing about, I mean, look, somebody can run for office and say, uh, my beliefs, my political beliefs are informed by my Christianity. And that certainly is legitimate. But, I mean, here we have a, a Catholic candidate who puts on the trappings of Judaism. I mean, he campaigned wearing a talit. He, he, they, they had, I don't know, five or six people blowing shofars at a political event. I mean, I find that disgusting. I mean, it, I, I, I agree. It's reprehensible. He, Mastriano, was using a shofar and talit, you know, our most sacred religious symbols, not for the sake of religion, but for political gain. It's re it's reprehensible. It's literally reprehensible. You know, there was an interesting piece in the forward about Judaism and democratic politics, and it was talking about the importance of the January 6th hearings that have been ongoing. And they talk about the fact that how lying is antithetical to Jews. You know, in Yom Kippur, one of the things you repent for is lying and how this big lie is antithetical to everything that we believe. So I think that, you know, we have a candidate in Doug Mastriano who not only supports the big lie, but chartered a bus to the January 6th. 
broke through, apparently. The barricades that were up cannot state that Joe Biden is the legitimate president of the United States. You know, I would posit that Doug Mastriano is antithetical to Jewish values. It's not that just he's a Republican and doesn't reflect our values. He's actually antithetical to our values. And, and, and you, know, you know, it's interesting. I don't know that they do it so much anymore, but it used to be that the right wing of the Republican Party would talk about voting their values, their religious values. And I would say at that point, it's, you know, many, many Jews vote our religious values without being aware of it, that it is just so much part of the Jewish culture uh, that uh, I remember speaking someplace once and I raised things with them, you know, about, you know, why you're not supposed to uh, harvest your entire fields so the poor uh, can eat from it. And you're not even supposed to see them coming to take it. But, uh, you know, I said, look, we are a religion uh, that talks about, you know, honoring the widow and the orphan. Basically, it talks about our obligation to those who are, have not. And I'm sure there are millions of Jews who feel that way, who who support uh, various organizations that help the elderly, that help poor people, that help public education. And they don't think that they're doing it as Jews. They don't think they're doing it because it says in the Bible that you're supposed to do these things. It's just, you know, it's part of the air uh, that we breathe. And even if we're not, quote, religious, I think many of us do act politically out of a Jewish context without giving it any thought. It's a Jewish sensibility, you know, to engage in tikkun olam, to help the other. It's correct. It's who we are. I'm curious as we wind down, and I really appreciate the time and the work you're doing in the trenches. Obviously, what's happening in Pennsylvania is incredibly unique with the Democratic nominee and the Republican nominee. But are there similar grassroots organizations in other purple states? Oh, yeah. So the um, DJOP has aligned with two organizations. One is a formal organization, Jewish Democratic Council of America, which is a national Jewish organization, and they have chapters in other states. We are not a chapter of them. We are an independent affiliate, but we work with them. And then there's the Jewish- they, they have a much bigger budget too. Yeah, they have a way, way much. Yeah, we do not get any financial assistance from them whatsoever. Um, but we work with them when our interests are aligned. Like we co-sponsored a Democratic Senate forum. We're also part of the Jewish Battleground organization, which is not a formal organization. Basically, it's groups of um, Jews in battleground states who meet once a month to discuss best, best practices. We learn from one another. I learn about what's happening in Wisconsin or Arizona or Texas or Georgia that makes G- DJOP a stronger organization. None of the, those organizations, um, however, with the exception of Michigan Jewish Dems, none of them are fundraising organizations. None of them, you know, do ads like we do, that sort of thing. Um, They they host fundraisers for candidates. Is Michigan the only real PAC as we are? Yeah, and it's actually different. Michigan is um, part of the state party. So they are, we're not part of the state party. We're an independent 527 PAC and a state PAC. And one of the things I forgot to mention when you were talking about what we're doing at the grassroots level, um, DJOP um, is working with the state party and Jewish Democratic Women for Action, 
which again is a loose affiliation of Jewish women from around the country, to do phone banks every Tuesday. Um, we're going to be phone banking starting in June, going through till November. We're going to do phone banking every Tuesday at seven o'clock. And you can go to djop.org events page and sign up to do that. Um, we're going to be doing it on behalf of Josh Austin Davis, Fetterman, and the congressional candidates that are running. Well, well I want to I want to end on that that positive note. So that direct voter contact is that Jewish volunteers calling Jewish voters or calling whatever the campaign deems to be the highest priority voters. It's Jewish volunteers calling highest priority voters. But the importance of it is the creation of community. Absolutely. Um, We started these phone banks off with essentially a meet and greet icebreaker where we get to know one another. Obviously, new people will be joining as we go along, but it's a way to create community. And it also really helps in getting out the vote. It encourages people to do other things like door knocks and postcards and engage politically. Also, I mean, we we have found, not the only ones, obviously, people who do real research about this, that a telephone call from a real person is more effective, even if they tell you that they don't agree with you. Uh, I'm not so sure how effective it is uh, to get a recording, even from uh, the president of the United States. I think a lot of people hang up on those calls and they become just more spam telephone calls. With these calls, there's a real person who you can discuss with. And I mean, I remember I, I, I've organized these things that you know, taught people how to do it. And I say, look, be prepared to explain why you're a Democrat, why you're voting for that candidate. I said that sometimes is effective. People say, I didn't know that or I never thought about that. You know, let me read something about it. I don't think these recorded messages about how important it is uh, can really change anybody's mind. Well, Bert, that is sage advice. We have thousands of diverse listeners. Uh, Anecdotally, I hear quite a few students, and especially for students, it's important to remind them the importance of the old-fashioned picking up the uh, the call and getting away from the damn text messages. But that's me editorializing as we wind down. But I really appreciate uh, everything the both of you are doing and for giving uh, uh, the time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's important for the Jewish community to do the work because we're impacted by, you know, who's in charge. Uh, I will end by saying something that I feel very deeply is that our grandparents and great grandparents came to this country for not just economic freedom, but for political freedom and for religious freedom. And both those things are at risk with the rise of Christian nationalism, with the rise of Mastriano. Um, Jews succeed in democracies. We did not do too well under kings, czars, or dictators. We do well where we have religious freedom. So we came here not just for the streets paved in gold. We came here so we could have religious freedom. And we could have political freedom. And as we sit here in the United States today, looking at not just Pennsylvania, but our nation, both those things are at risk. Looking at recent Supreme Court decisions and looking at the where the GOP has gone. Um, the home for Jews must be in the Democratic Party. 
where they value separation of church and state and democracy over autocracy. Jill Burt, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Pennsylvania Kitchen Table Politics. Take a minute and leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform. Please also consider following us on social media for updates and announcements regarding future episodes and new guests. You're political, so I am sure that you're on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram. We are too at PA Political Podcast. Visit our website, papoliticalpodcast.org, and send us your feedback about this episode and suggestions on future guests. Until next week. 